What's good, what's good, y'all? Welcome to an episode of the Gen TV Podcast. I know y'all looking and y'all, it's not familiar to y'all, and that's because today we are in Chicago. But as always, it's your host, Ease. It's your boy, Manu. And A1, the sauce guy. And today we got a very, very special guest. We got a cultural engineer here. Yes, sir. We yeah, got yeah. Evan Marshall from Black Men's Wear. How you doing, bro? Doing good, doing good. Thank y'all for having me. Appreciate y'all for coming to my city. Absolutely. <laughs> A beautiful city, by the way. Oh, it's, yeah, Dang. I love it. The architecture's dope. Yeah, you absolutely. Got the water is dope. Well, we just, we were just talking about before, like the PR for Chicago. <laughs> it's, just, it's not doing its justice, man. It's I dope. mean, this you, is a, a beautiful city. I mean, it's, it's so crazy. People always say that because, like, we were talking about earlier off camera, like, um, the perception, you know, obviously, I'm not trying to minimize, like, the mm -hmm. situation with the violence and things that we have out here, but, like, I mean, Every city has that, whether right. it's Baltimore, New York, you know, y'all from Connecticut, Hartford. Yeah. We were talking about New Haven earlier, Milwaukee, Detroit. It don't matter. Like everybody has its uh, positive areas and its negative areas, but like people don't get to highlight the positive areas about Chicago right. as well. And it's it's a really beautiful city, and it's great. No, absolutely. Actually, a couple of our friends told us not, to not even come on this trip. That it's <laughs> that's and dangerous. Yeah. Like it, that's sad, though. I guess what the difference that separates it is the fact that, like, you know. It doesn't make headlines nationally cons consistently yeah. and especially like in the urban community like you know chief keith um little dirk like right. all those rappers we pretty much just hear the um the negative side of chicago but then you don't really get to hear how beautiful this fucking city is it's well, funny yeah. you say that too because you think about that but also the the other rappers from chicago chance the rapper yeah Kanye oh, yeah. west yeah. absolutely comment right you don't view them in that same light though <laughs> right so, bro, actually, you, look like you could be chance the rapper's cousin i'm, I looking, at, I'm looking at you right <laughs> now like that's making sense i got a shout out chance but to focus more on the positive side i mean what you and your group are doing right now is amazing like so, so how did you guys so just the i didn't even tell you guys this so i've been posting like that we've been here and yeah. I tell you, my DMs have been blowing up. Like, yo, <laughs> where y'all at? Like, what are y'all doing? Like, yo, why is like, yo, everybody's yeah, yeah, so yeah. fly. So this is one of the people responsible for it. Mm -hmm. So yep, yep, yep. how did Absolutely. you guys start? Well, that's a good question. So uh, my, my business partner, Neandre, he started it in 2018. Okay. Uh, okay. The reason he started it, was honestly, was the Philando Castile. So specifically Philando Castile, because that's the situation where you think, quote unquote, he did everything right. Right. In terms of, obviously, he had a license to carry his gun. The police officer approached. He said, hey, he informed him, I, I do have a weapon in the vehicle. It is in the glove compartment. But just so you know, I have a weapon in the vehicle. Yes. And he's reaching for his license. He tells him what he is doing. But then the cop still, obviously, was still felt like a threat yeah. yeah and then obviously which, which happens in any of those situations even not when they kill just anytime especially a person of color black hispanic whatever is arrested they drag you through the mud Absolutely. right so oh, then okay. they did anything they could to yeah. justify oh uh, you know and when he was 15 he got he got suspended yeah, from school for missing class for 20 days I think <laughs> you know what i'm saying like they do that kind of stuff they're digging like, for the dirt pretty much that's what yeah. gets that's what honestly gets me the most annoyed about every like one of these situations is like yo You'll go through your Twitter like from like two thousand and five. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, he tweeted this. It's like, like state state to the point. Like, that, yo, we all say dumb shit. We all we've right. all made mistakes, but right. they, like, how how hard they go to hyper focus on like these minuscule negatives about a person's life just to justify killing them is insane. Exactly, exactly. And then from that, so they didn't find anything, and that's what made it an interesting situation. So he realized in that moment, like, if they're doing it to him, what are they gonna say about me if that happens in my situation? Right. 
So what he needs to do is like, I need to create a legacy, some level of positivity because he has two young boys. So mm -hmm. like, how could I put all these images going back to that PR thing, a black male positivity out there. So it kind of just started from that. And then honestly, from that, it kind of just started growing and growing and growing. And then one of the things we like to say too, is a lot of times you look at, you know, Black excellence is often rooted in rappers, athletes, and yeah, absolutely. You yeah, need right. those two, not negating that, because honestly, that's a lot of ways we've been able to make success. Right. You don't hear about the doctors, the lawyers, the engineers, the philanthropists. That's why, like at the Flash Mob yesterday, you heard Dre ask, like, "Hey, how many of y'all are business owners? Yeah. How yep. many of y'all philanthropists?" Right? Because we need, even within our own community, we need to know about each other. So the more we can highlight those people. That's really the essence of what we're trying to do is highlight those people, highlight black, black, black excellence, change the narrative of how we portray in the media. So then that way we can kind of, you know, you see me in a suit one day. Okay. It's not about the suit, but the next black guy you see in a hoodie, you might view him differently because you just saw me down the street. Like, okay. If that dude would be a businessman, oh, he just wearing a hoodie right now because he's just chilling. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's what it's really about. And to actually see the reaction that like the locals are, are giving you guys, like whenever they walk by, it was amazing too. Like, I was talking to my girlfriend at the time and I'm like, look, look at all of these people just like gazing onto um, all, this group of black men. Some people right. will question if it's a wedding. Some people are really just <laughs> intrigued as to what's going on. Like we had so I had so many people come up to me asking me, well, what's happened? And I had to like give a description. Right. And I think like that's something that we need like more in the urban community as well. Or just uh, and on a uh, um, African-American scale as well, because it's like, you know, we we're almost deemed as like the bottom of the barrel. Right. in a sense and right. i feel like we're not really appreciated or we're not really portrayed in a way where we can be excellent and we mm -hmm. can we can have like some sort of um firm standing in in the community and even to that point like everybody can be excellent in terms of who they are yeah. right like a lot of times people like you know just human nature we compare ourselves to each other but at the end of the day like your journey is not mine yeah your journey is not his your journey is not his even though all y'all are friends and y'all on this podcast together even how y'all got to this point yeah. to where you are hosting the show is different yeah right so and even in your journey moving forward is going to be different as well even though you guys are intertwined so how you define excellent has got to be excellent for you gotta right be excellent for you and got to be excellent for you so you also got to believe in that yourself so the more even just you know being around each other getting that good energy other people that are just you know, living in their truth, living in their path and believing in their excellence. Well, what can even continue to motivate you to be on that same drive and continue to you know, focus on your own journey. I mean, that, that's, actually, that's actually a great point because like where we come from, there's a lot of people that don't really wear a lot of suits. So when I, when I see somebody wearing a suit in the hood, it's like people look at them sideways, right? Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, you look, you're, the terminology is like you're a little square. <laughs> so I want to know like how has your influence um, from wearing a suit on a constant basis and just looking good all the time, how has that made an influence in the urban community? That's a good question. That's a good question. So we were in a, when we did our Atlanta flash mob, uh, one of our guys, his name is Spice, he said he was in the elevator in the hotel and this guy got on the elevator with two girls and he looked at Spice and was like, oh, you dress like a white person. Right, right. So it's and, like he said to his face? Yeah, it's a black guy said that to him. And Spice is like, no, I'm dressed like an adult. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but the point You'll come the, back. The yeah. point being though is two things. One is like the fact that you see somebody in the suit has to mean you dress like a white person. That means to your point in his community, whatever what he got even living in, no matter where he's at, he doesn't see men dressing black men in suits right. 
ever. Right. So even the concept of somebody working, regardless of the occasion, the only reason you would wear a suit is you trying to be an Uncle Tom. <laughs> even if you fresh, it wasn't like he had the blue blazer on with the khakis and the spurries. You know right. what I'm saying? Like he was fresh. So it's like, but that's in his mind. That's what he falls back to. And at the same time, for Spice, be like, oh, I'm going to throw it. And the woman, he said, the woman, he was in the other chuckle with Spice in the back. Like, dude, even think that he was going to say something, he's going to clap back at him, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think, to, so I think that to me is one essence of it. But also, it's like we, we were talking about it the other day. It's like going back to the Black Exodus thing, especially for young boys, Afro Latino. That's what I really, um, that's like, what I loved when I, when I was at the event. When I saw the kids, I, I have a seven year old son myself. Right. And I was like, I gotta, I, I gotta bring them to one of these. Like, yo, like just having the kids right there, like that's like life changing for them. You know what I mean? Like that's so Cause, powerful. Because it's the exposure, right? Exactly. And that's what it's about in the talking about in uh, in the urban community. It's the exposure. You still don't know. You can't become something that you don't see. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So a lot, even a lot of the times in the urban community, you aren't exposed to that doctor, that lawyer, the engineer. Like you don't know. Any of us in here, this room could be doctors. I don't know that unless I see you in your scrubs. Yeah. yeah. Have you have you ever have you had an um an event where you went in the urban community and presented the same way you presented in downtown Chicago? Yeah, good question. So yeah, we've done those. Uh we do a lot of speaking engagements. So our Taylor Jacob, he goes, he does this. We do he goes, we've done a lot of different colleges, especially in Dallas. Okay. Uh that's yeah. where Dre, Andre and Jacob are based. I'm looking on the HBCU that's based in Dallas, but they do a lot of things with the school there. Okay. With those kids. Uh we've done some partnerships with the Urban League. Uh, we're doing some partnerships right now with uh, the National Big Brother, Big Sister chapter. Trying to get some of the guys that come out work with us to be mentors to some of the kids that they have in that. That's the perfect example, too. Like, you, it needs to just be, like, the guys that we have also need to be mentors. Right? Absolutely. So to your point, I'm working, I met one of the guys yesterday. He goes, I have a nonprofit. Uh, it's actually focusing on coding. Trying to get black young, like 13, oh, that's 13, a good 14 year olds to be coded. That's like the new, that's, that's a great like the new wave, too. Yeah, yeah. obviously, I don't code, but he's like, I just want you to come speak to them, kind of show even how you guys, what you guys done from a social media standpoint, to show like what you can do to kind of get the message out there. So, I'm gonna go speak to them in two weeks. So, those are the kind of things he's done. So, like, I wouldn't say necessarily like in the community in terms of like hands on, like volunteering, but we've done things, you know, Urban League, Big Brothers, Big Sisters, different mentorship programs. I mean, that's, that's amazing. That's the key yeah. to, to really make the change is that you got to start with the youth. You know what I mean? Like, right. so if you're uh, getting them early on and you're showing them like, yo, what, this is what you could look like. Like, this is how you could dress instead of just seeing, I mean, yo, we all like to get fly. You feel me? We like right. to put some Jordan. I mean, actually I seen some real nice, uh, like, pe like people dressed yesterday with like the suits and like still sneakers and, but like, yo, like you look fresh, but you still had that flavor of just like your professionalism. Like I, I, I love seeing that kind of stuff, but. If you can show kids that like, yo, like you can still dress down or, sure. you know, in a chill, but you have this like, a, like as an uh, option too, like you're going to just change like their whole mind. You can still be flying just nice. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yo, because usually I think when people think of suits, they just kind of think of a regular black suit or a regular blue suit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yo, the suits that we saw yesterday was just like a right. next level. <laughs> I, and that's what it is. People will be like, what's with the suit? It's like, I ain't wearing a suit ever. It's like, I mean, you're going to have those people that say that. Why yeah. do you all have to wear a suit? Do you have to wear a suit? Like, no, you don't have to wear a suit to be the best version of yourself. Yeah. But at the same time, like, you can be fly in a suit as well. Like, oftentimes, people, when you think of suits, you think that plain gray suit, mm -hmm. that plain, plain black suit you wear yeah. for a funeral. Every, the, we, we always joke all the time that 
every flash mob, the blue group is always the biggest group, right? Because <laughs> everybody has a plain blue, blue, blue suit. suit. Everybody got one. Right? The crazy thing we were just talking about it's, it's universal. <laughs> everybody got a blue suit, right? right? right. Wait, so so you got those groups, but at the same time, like I had a double-breasted linen suit on yesterday, and I mm. wore that suit out to a pool party afterwards, and everybody in there was like, "Yo." That's fresh, right? And it's at the same time, it's like none of these guys in there. I was the only person, Lily, in this entire, it's a pool party, but uh -huh. it's linen, so you know, it was summer break. Summer yeah. break summer <laughs> vibes. But I was the only person there with a suit on, but everybody thought it was dope. Yeah. Right? So, like, if you can, if you can, if you put it together and put a look together, it doesn't just have to be this stuffy, you know, I just got a black suit on and a basic, <laughs> you know, black tie. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking like I'm just going to work or looking like, um, know a valet driver no offense anybody that's a valet driver but that's kind of the conception you can kind of shift a little bit you i mean well even your fit today like you look really comfortable but then it's also you're yeah. able to walk yeah. into an office or go on a business meeting or something like it's even something like this like you're able to you know you're just always prepared for i guess whatever's ahead if you, like, if you look at the history of black men in suits it goes back to like when we started doing really well in the community right. where we had like our own black wall street yeah. and but not to blame the government, because I tend to blame the government a lot <laughs> for a lot of the, the downfalls that we've had. But once we started to thrive, that's when the government came in, just started shutting things down and right. bombing right. Our, our communities. But and then we started losing that that look of having a suit on and right. just looking good. Mm -hmm. And at some point, I think in the 90s or something or the 80s, we started dressing up. We started down dressing. Right. So can you touch up on the history of like the suit? in the black community a little that's a good so to that point think about it every time you see uh malcolm x what's he wearing a suit. a suit every time you see martin luther king what's he wearing a suit yeah sydney portier sammy davis jr right does on and on chicago y'all have seen that photo of those iconic kids like the five kids sitting on that like old school car yeah and they yeah. all sit posted up mm -hmm. like that's dope right every single time and i think to your point it kind of shifted over time rightfully so i think it shifted so far because we were trying so far to debunk these narratives if i have to be this that we kind of got a rape from max taylor because if you honestly think about like how far we went like you think about 2001 2000, you had dudes wear parachute pants man like, yeah, like, like <laughs> that came from jail i'm a, yeah that's crazy and then yeah, we like, was talking about that the other day too even sagging pants like people yeah. the reason sag that's because when you was in jail you was letting them know you was letting them know <laughs> so the fact that that even came out is crazy but even in like I'm a size medium shirt, t-shirt. It's dudes that was my size in like the early 2000s that were literally going to store and buying two X. Yo, the stuff, <laughs> right? the stuff that I wore when I was like 10, 12 wouldn't fit me today. Like right. it was the clothes was that big back then. Like, and it's like, yo, when you look at the pictures, like when you're younger, I almost cringed myself. It's like, oh, like you're like, this right. is what I was wearing. Right. And even to your point, I think I'll, I think part of that is the government is like the history of the suit. A lot of those things kind of get shifted. Like even then, you people don't hear about black cowboys, right? Right, those right. Things, they, they were called dandies, right? They, they were called a dandy, a guy that dressed well and he was guy, a man of elegance. That's the that's what a dandy is. They were the black dandies. That was all throughout the South. Even talking about, about Black Wall Street, those are stories. And because those aren't in the books. Those aren't, we didn't have YouTube when we was growing up, but those yeah. were in the books you weren't reading about it, that essence of why you would do that, that elegance, that class kind of fell, fell by the wayside, so you didn't have that. Right, right, right. That's a great point. I feel like the, like I said, I don't like to blame the government for everything. They have a, a, a major influence in 
you know, as a community, we have to take credit for some of the downfalls because, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, the hip hop obviously changed the culture and you see basketball players dressing a certain way in the 90s. So as, you know, a little, a, a young black man, you're going to try to emulate whatever it is being portrayed on TV and you, yeah. oh, that's the cool thing to do. But you see, a, I see a huge movement now where you see a lot of basketball players. They're just like fresh with, with like tailored suits. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, that's it's a big shift in the um. Yeah, the but movement. I mean, you think about it, if you look at all the photos of Jordan back in the day, Jordan always had a suit on. True, right? True. I mean, it might have been like triple his size too. <laughs> Jordan's Jordan's <laughs> pant game. Was oh crazy. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Remember Jalen Rose? Yeah, yeah. When he that, showed up, yeah, yeah. But like, shout dude, out Jalen. Y'all seen that photo of like Jordan getting out the Ferrari? Yeah, right? he always mm -hmm. has like his jacket. Yeah, 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 always yeah, had a cigar because Jordan. And why? Because he was about his business. Right, yeah. he was about his business. I'm the businessman. That's I'm about his business. That's what I put it, but I'm about my business. And I think one of the things, obviously, shout out to Allen Iverson though, because he was representing the culture with the he way was, he yeah. did push it forward with the jersey, uh, you know, with the tall tees, with the jackets and things of that nature, and the do rags and the coat. That was who he was. He was truly the essence of himself. But the, to your point, the shift, even if you look at like LeBron style, yeah. Right? Now, LeBron, you see a lot more him refined now. Why? Because what's his moniker? More than the athlete. Right? Yeah, right, so right, a lot right. of times what you have to see now, that's kind of really what it really goes into. The reason they're doing it is because you have to be representative of the fact I'm more than just what you see me on the basketball court. Uh, I love Kyle Kuzma's style, by the way. It's extra and it's a lot, <laughs> but it's authentically him. Right. Like, yes, it's yes. what he, and so it's not about it's like what, an art style. Exactly. It's, yeah. not a matter, it's not a matter of what I would wear it or D-Way to wear to LeBron, like, Kuz, just do you. And people, a lot of people hate him, like, no. Nah, Same thing with uh, Westbrook. Yeah, exactly. Like, like do they, him, exactly. Yeah. Yo, because the way you dress is, a, like, I look at it as, like, how I dress as a form of art. You know, it's, like, wearable art, and you could obviously switch. Because, like, yo, when you look good, you feel good. Right. And that's, like, that's so important to, like, the outcome of your day, I think. Like, you know, when you wake up in the morning, you put that nice suit on, or whatever, like, fit that you just, like, yo, I'm... I'm killing it. Like, like <laughs> you know, and regardless of that, it don't even got to be the suit. I yeah. say all the time, like how you, what you wear is how you want to express yourself to the world today. Right. Exactly. So like, if you just want to have a sweatsuit on, cool. Yeah. I'm chilling. I'm relaxed. I'm just got something that that's casual. That's not, yeah. nothing wrong yeah. with that. But like when you leave the house, you got to think I'm choosing to put this on. So when what you state, what's I look at it, like what statement am I making today? Right. I feel like, like you right. said, when Jordan wore suits, it's like he's about his business. So you're like, right. Cause yo, usually when you see someone that's really like dressed very proper, you know, like all right, like if he, especially if you're going to a business type setting, you're like all right, like this guy's not messing around. Like right. we're we're here for business. Like you're making a statement, right? And there's actually so we talk going the the speaking conference, speaking engagements with the youth. There's this thing that we talk about all the time. It's called enclosed cognition. Um, it okay. actually is the study of how what you wear affects your cognitive process. So it's exactly oh. what you're talking about. So they've done studies. Um, at Harvard to where they've done people, they've done, they gave them the same exact test. Like, hey, come in here, wear whatever you want. Then the next time they came back, they after they rearranged the questions, but it was the same exact questions, they gave them all lab coats. Everybody in that test did 80% be better than they did the previous time. Why? Just because you inherently felt more confident. So you're not second guessing your own answers the first time. Same thing with women, right? But women's going to a business meeting. She ain't bringing out the Jessica Simpson heels. She gonna bring them Prada heels. Yeah. <laughs> put them on and be like, I'm about to go kill them, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's that, and it's to your point, it's the, that's the cognitive process of it. Like you look at me like, I'm about to go crush this today. Um, I, whether it's like, if you go propose your girl, 
you about to be like, yo, yeah. I'm gonna look good today. I'm about to propose. She gonna, she gotta say yes. I'm gonna be looking so good. She gotta <laughs> she say, gotta yes, say yes, to yes to me. Right, and, and you just gonna have that inherent confidence within yourself, and that's what it's about. And you can do that. It doesn't matter what. It doesn't have to be a suit, but you can do that no matter what you wear. But when you put it on, that's how you it express does, it. It doesn't have to be a suit, but when when but when it is a suit, though, I think your <laughs> level of confidence is like and a whole. Oh, hundred percent. Like yeah. everybody's like. Oh, y'all gotta wear suits. Like, bro, you know when you even if you go into that wedding, you know when you put that suit on and you hit this on the tie, you know you're looking at yourself in the mirror like, damn, I look good. Yeah. <laughs> if you exactly. don't say that to yourself, you lie. Yeah, Everybody yeah. does that, bro. I mean, yo, I think like we're we're uh, we're trying to like uh, I feel like we're almost kind of trying to downplay this uh, suit a little bit just to kind of give everybody a good feeling about wearing whatever. But honestly, the suit is that's top tier. I feel like, like you said, yo, you go somewhere, like, and when you look in the mirror right before you leave the house, you're like, yo, like I'm, a, like I, I don't know what I'm about to do, but I'm doing something, like, yo, like I'm <laughs> yeah. about to do, do damage out here, and especially like your confidence level, just be like, boy, like, question, question, do you play golf? I'm decent. Uh, my short game is trash. Uh, I, go uh, long, right, right. I can drive cool, my putt's cool, but you know, getting onto the green, can't do it, bro. Right. <laughs> this one of the yeah, a lot of times with um people like you said, Michael Jordan right he had that persona where he wanted to be successful and one of the things that he did was wear a suit all the time but he also like played golf and that's something that um the community doesn't really know about where you could really network and mm -hmm. you know you could be looked a little sideways when right. when you do that i mean i have friends that think that you know it's you know it's, it's just a trash game and <laughs> right. it's boring that's not, but, what, that's not know, what they're used to yeah something that something that you're not used to and something that you could move into in order to you know gain some yeah. some um networking because to your point on the network the reason it's networking or golf you play 18 holes you about to be out here for two or three hours exactly we used to be caddy so we so it's like you have you're going to be talking to this person the entire time yeah. ain't no phones ain't no tvs y'all not watching the game so that's why business deals get done on the golf course so i'm gonna be out here with you for three to four hours yeah. so like we've been Actually, that's not the first meeting. You've already been doing your emails. You know, had your conference calls. You know, had your presentations. So now we out here. Now we really get into know each other, and it's really be like, you know what? Am I really gonna give you this money? Mm -hmm. Like exactly, for the person exactly. you are, not for the deal. The reason I'm on this course, your deal's already good enough. Yeah. I wouldn't be here on this course with you, spending these three to four hours with you, if I didn't believe what you were offering was gonna be good enough for my company, that's right? Okay. But now I'm determining over the next three four hours, am I gonna give you the money? Right, right, and if this, and if the vibe is cool, I'm gonna give you that. That's why deals get done. So to your point, the reason I don't know that, and it's like they think about it solely for the game, yeah. Not aspect of terms of why I'm what I'm actually doing, camaraderie, spending the time, and even then, just playing with even the four of us. If we went out there and just played eighty holes, we gonna be friends afterwards. We gonna be friends afterwards. I think that's I think that's a, another good way of how to look at the black men's or the, the flash mob. It's a great way to network, and exactly, you guys right. are isolated in one area for a certain amount of time, and you're getting to you know engage with each other during that time. I mean, obviously, a lot of times at the end you end up um you know meeting new people, networking and stuff like that. But I think that having everybody in a central a central location rather than communicating you know over email, over Facebook, and all of that is a great way to you know build a relationship and. Um, remind me of your 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 title again, and yeah, and so I'm the VP of partnerships. VP of partnerships. So, yeah. what does that entail? Like, have you seen any um, I guess influx in like the community within Black men's fashion itself? Like, you know, people, you well, um, referring to somebody else for you know their expertise, and then vice versa. And 
also what does your job entail within like the black men's wear as, as yeah well? so the first part of that question um it's always interesting because you we get new people all the time mm-hmm. right so even like a lot of people like that know i live here that know me like you know, they've been doing it we haven't done chicago since like 2019 so it's been two years okay but how we've grown since then is I'm I'm actually surprised when you said you guys started this in 2018. Yeah, this seems like y'all are like a. I, I was at a guess like 2010, 2012. I mean, nah, you, like the way you guys are so like, like feel established. Like when you when I was like around the group, it's like oh, this has been around for a long time. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. three that's years. The same thing like, I felt. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's just because we got a good team. You know what I'm saying? That's just because yeah. we got a good team, and everybody's also invested. Yeah, like not not financially, just genuinely cares. Yeah, right? yeah. like genuinely invested in this. So. It's also like you had an idea. And you put action into it and you execute it. And 100%. that's a big thing that a lot of people don't do. Yeah, 100%. That goes back to changing the narrative, right? We always talk about, especially, we always talk about this all the time, especially when it comes to like black owned businesses. A lot of times it's interesting. And I say this with all positivity. It's like a lot of times we, when it comes to other black people, we lower the bar rather than raising the bar. Okay. So like how many times you go to a restaurant and it's like, they don't give you the quality service that you would do you would want yeah right right and it's like honestly like, no you should give me better service than i should get going to any other restaurant because if the service here is good i'm gonna come back and i'm gonna tell my other friends to yeah. come back but oftentimes we feel like oh no bro dog you my god right you know mm-hmm. what uh what's that uh 40 year old version kevin hart don't be my man be my nigga but that's that energy that yeah. we have a lot of times and it's like nah bro don't I'm not, I shouldn't have to do that. We should hold ourselves to a higher standard. Yeah. But going back to your point about question about uh, people come and they're like, oh, like it's so much more than just a photo shoot. Right. Because you get the, everybody's welcoming. Everybody's dapping up. Yo, my name is Evan. I do this. Yo, I do this. I do that. And I, and we, and I drive all the time. Like, bro, talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Y'all about to be here for the next hour and a half. Talk. And that's why we always, going back earlier, we open up who is entrepreneur. Like, we, this is, the ecosystem is here. One of the things we talk about is um, there's this theory called a thousand true fans, right? So if you have a thousand true fans, that is a true fan. That means they will do anything that you do. So for you all with your podcast, if okay. you have a thousand true listeners, that means they're going to listen to every episode. If you have t-shirts, they're going to buy the t-shirt. If you want to host a brunch, they're going to come. They're, gonna come they're fully brunch, in. Fully invested. If you get a thousand people to spend a hundred dollars a year in your business, that's a hundred thousand dollars. That's not that much. Yeah, hundred dollars really a year, not a month. Hundred dollars a year ain't that much. So you can so hundred thousand dollars. That's actually uh, I've never really put that in. Hundred thousand dollars a year. That's not a lot, but that's enough to have a sustainable business, right? It right. Is. So if you can do that, that's what it's about. So we say that towards like if it's two hundred of us here as men. If you own a barbershop, you own you a mentor, you own a, a, a like a nonprofit organization. It's two hundred guys that can. You got 10 dudes that can be those true fans within this group right, right. here. Like, so you take advantage of that. Don't just come and be like, yeah, I look fly. Nah, you're not you're actually being a disservice to yourself. We're not focusing on the community we have. And right. then going back to the Black Wall Street thing, the reason that thing was so powerful in Tulsa is they had everything in that community. Black banks, you didn't, doctors, you didn't need to go lawyers, You didn't need to leave. We honestly don't need to leave. I think what's it they say the black dot. Uh, you invest a dollar in the black community is gone in what six seconds yeah, sometimes yeah, yeah, because yeah. you can't go somewhere else to where that that dollar can be tracked we need to do that you have those people here like the black lawyers here i go out of my, i got a black dentist i got a black doctor <laughs> i got a black lawyer my accountant is black 
all that is intentional. Mm. I might pay more if I'm a, I, I go to therapy. I got a black therapist. That's not it. It's not about. It is part of because they look like me, but it's also I'd rather give them the money and invest in them and keep that money in the community versus like giving it to somebody else. Because yo, truly, you're helping yourself, right? Right. Like, cause that way, that money's gonna stay within your own community, right? Which is gonna then increase your wealth. It just circulates. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the money just starts to circulate. Yeah, I understand. And then to partnerships, and my job is to bring in the money. Okay. Uh, so kind of one of the things we've done that goes back to. Honestly, man, this is going to sound weird, but COVID was a blessing for us in a couple of different ways. It was, co- uh, uh, it was a blessing in disguise. Yeah, it was. <laughs> so, because uh, all, we, all we say, our motto in 2020 was how you pivot is how you prosper. Uh, and the all reason right. we say that, and that's what COVID, everybody had to do that. Like, the world shut down. Nobody was prepared for that. Right. But are you going to say, like, throw your hands up and be woe is me? Or are you going to pivot mm-hmm. and then figure out the next way to move forward? Even you all, you said y'all been doing this for five months. Yeah. So like y'all like, you know what? We can execute this podcast. How you pivot is to be able to do that. And that's going to be ongoing. So my job is to, as we pivoted, we launched our own podcast called The Check-In. Shameless plug. We got our <laughs> podcast platforms. Absolutely. Uh, then we got a, our YouTube series called Dapper Conversation. Yep. Um, which Martel sponsored that on Friday. We actually started, um, we have a black male influencer network. We have 16 different guys. Uh, where I help negotiate brand deals on their behalf. We've done deals with those guys this year. We've done Nespresso, Dick Sporting Goods, eBay Watches, Corona, Shea Moisture, Bevel. Um, what does the process look for that? Because um, like, we're actually thinking about getting into sponsorships and you you know, partnership like, deals as it, well. Is it like a vice versa thing? Like they, they come to you or is it like you're on the phone all day? Kind so of? that's a good question. So it's a little mixture of both. Uh, one of the things like I said, so I have a nine to five as well. Okay. Uh, my nine to five, I actually work in influencer marketing at Weber Shamwick, which is one of the biggest PR firms in the world. So like, it's actually the one of the being able to grow there. Oh, so what, this was an easy transition for you. Yeah. What I do for my nine to five, like my job is to find influencers and get in the bag. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. So I look at it as like, what would I be looking for if I'm trying to give you the money? <laughs> like I just gotta, I just provide myself with what right. I'll be looking for. And honestly, it's a black person in advertising. It's not that many of us. We like to think it's what, and black at the major advertising agencies, and av- I think it's like 5,500 people. And you guys are based out of uh, Chicago? Yeah. Okay. But like globally, I think it's like 5,500 people. Okay. You know, that's, that's like a small college. Right, right, right. So like if you black and you in advertising, everybody know everybody. It's like two degrees separate. I went to this pool party yesterday. I run into my guy, E. Thomas, who's a VP at BET. And I've known E. Thomas since I was at my previous agency for like three years. And I ain't seen him. He's like, bro, proud of what you're doing. Good to see you. And, then they, and I, I run to my homegirl, Jasmine. She's at another agency. Like, it's not even like, because everybody knows everybody because it's a small ecosystem. Right. So like, oh, and it's, agencies ain't that big. If you at Weber, then you go to Edelman. Then you go to Leo Burnett. Then you mm-hmm. go to Ogilvy. Then you go to uh, Publicist. Like, you're going <clears throat> to go from agency to agency. And obviously, you can't burn those bridges. But then obviously, you're going to have an extended network. People kind of work together. So from that, uh, I just been able to kind of have some good network. And then to your point, uh, I pitched them. They reach out to us because honestly, people are just influencer marketing. Only sixteen percent, eleven percent of influencers are male, quote unquote. Identify really? themselves as male. Yeah, you can think about of that. How many are black? Right? Yeah. How many influencers? Yeah, so women like completely dominate that. Yeah, because you think about even most of the guys that are influencers, most of them actually don't identify as that. Most of them are like musicians, 
or producers or they're guys that play college ball right so they played it like usc or they hooped at connecticut mm-hmm. so they got 20 30 followers or the club promoters right, right? Right, right so they got followers off of that but they're not quote unquote they're not content creators right. when you think about influencers that are content creators most of those are women when you really think about it, like if you think about who you follow most of those are really women so it's tough for brands to find male talent but especially black talent mm-hmm. and on top of that you also look at like, even now women are still they'll make most of the purchasing decisions so we did That's a deal true. with shea moisture and bevel y'all know y'all know bevel too right yeah. they the black owned they do uh grooming kind of like razors things of that nature majority of what they do advertising is women because most guys when it comes to hair care products you don't actually go out and purchase it. It's like you know what your girlfriend might have this. Your wife <laughs> yo, that's it. Yo, all, the, all my uh, all my conditioner shampoo that's from my girl. Like I don't like. Right. I don't... So it's like when most guys guys aren't in Walgreens or CVS or in Sally's walking down the aisle like, oh, this got argan oil in it. Let me try this out. Like dudes don't do that. But our demographic, the guys, that, a lot of guys that follow us do do that. Okay, right? They are the guy in the group chat. Like yo, bro, like yo. I ain't gonna, it's my weird question, but where you, what you put in your hair? Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. what, what, what kind of brush you use? You know what I'm saying? What kind of conditioner? Oh, what kind of lotion? What, the cologne you had on smelled good last night. What cologne you had on? So that's the value add that we have. So brands have access to that. You can go directly to men that they're not making that purchase, purchasing. Actually, you know, that's a good point. Actually, the only thing I, um, I think I'll go up to another dude and ask, like, what you put on your beard? I'm trying to get the patches filled in, man. Right. Like, 100%. What, yeah, exactly. What beard oil you use? Yeah, right? yeah. Those are good. Like, you asked that, but honestly, like most, like it's like a weird question for some guys to yeah. ask somebody too. Yeah. So. so, getting back to how you guys started, so you said it was in 2018. Like, what was your uh, first event? Like, what, what city did you guys first do? Man, so Dre uh, was doing Dre was doing the post, and he lives in Dallas, <clears throat> so he just did one. Uh, so Dre's a noob. He always talking about how he's capitals all the time. So okay. he. Um, I think it was a photo. I figured it was, but it was three guys in that photo because I was checking on the internet. So I can kind of like, I know some guys. Let's get together. Yeah, I think they probably had their first one. They had 25 guys. And from that, it was like, oh, this is dope. But same thing. Mm-hmm. This could be bigger. So the first one was in Dallas. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. This could be bigger. He felt, he said, after that first one, I felt that like, this this doesn't need to be 25, 50 people. This can be hundreds of people. Mm-hmm. This doesn't need to be just be Dallas. This can be around the world. So he did that, did it again. Asked each guy that brought that time, bring another person. So then I have to go from 25 to 50. And then I think he ended up doing three in Dallas. And that third one was the one that kind of kicks out everything for us. That's the one with Harper. You know, the one. Yeah, uh, yeah Harper yeah. came. Y'all saw Harper was there yesterday. Yeah, 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 yeah. The one that had the white suit on. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the photo we had, like, we had his fist in there. Bro, that photo's been reshared. Is that the photo with just the three? You guys? Nah, so it's a photo. It's uh, Harper. He has his fist in there, and he's, okay. like, standing in the middle. And it's a okay, bunch okay. of guys outside, lying behind him. But that photo's been reshared literally hundreds of thousands of times. Really? Hundreds wow. of thousands. My favorite times. photo of you guys is, um, you got this little kid in the center with his fist. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's yeah. the one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, and that was the third flash mob in Dallas. And, like, that one changed the game. And like it's crazy, like and then you see Harper yesterday, like Harper a full blown model now. He, got, he, <laughs> had, he had TV shows and everything, and I'm so happy for him and his mom Ashley. Like they're great people, and it's like that kind of he's killing it. But even for that, for that, like that photo went viral. And then what happened for us was we did, um, so honestly, so Dre had a full time job, and he was, but how he was doing it, he was just traveling to cities based off of where he was going for work. 
Okay. Like if I know if, if I'm gonna be in Tampa for a client, I two birds one stone. Yep. Yep. I'm being Philly for a client. Two birds one stone. We did end up doing one. It would have been October 2019. I was going to London already. Okay. Um. So you you guys are international then? Yeah, we done one. We try so we trying to do Paris in November. We're gonna do Paris in November. COVID <laughs> permitted. We we gonna be there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I got my beret already ready. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> ready to go. Uh, That's gonna be a look, yo. Yeah, the- it's gonna be a look. Uh, Lo, she need to come to that one for sure. Be, uh, be, and- besides besides Chicago, what would you say is your favorite city? Has been your favorite city? Ooh, that's a good one. I heard the DC ones. DC, DC, DC. Also, not for me because if you're looking, if you want to hit a gym, I'm not in any of the photos in DC because I sweated all through my city. Oh. <laughs> so I'm not in any of the photos in DC in that one. But uh, it was definitely my favorite in terms of like that was the one of the ones because if you look at it, we stopped doing color coordination, okay. but we did that one. It was black, red, and green because you know obviously like for you know the black, yeah, yeah. red for flag, mm-hmm. and we actually nailed it. If you see it, you see you see the flow of that. And a couple of things. One, <clears throat> that was the day after uh, Rest in Peace King Chadwick Boseman had passed, right? Okay, okay. And like, the energy just being there, like that hit all of us hard because dude was battling cancer and nobody knew no, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a hard one. Hard, and was still making movies, yeah. right? And it's like that kind of, your journey, you never know what somebody's going exactly. through, right? So even just the energy there and everybody, and it's also the day after uh, the Million Man March, the new one. So it was like, there's a lot of energy in DC that weekend. So that was probably one of my favorites. Favorite that. city? Yeah. Oh, that's solid. I mean, well, you were telling the story about you ended up going to London. And- yeah. So we went to London. So London, October 2019. I ended up going out there. Our videographer, Rod, that, who our videographer at the time, Rod, like, Rod was like, I'll pull up. Mm-hmm. So we go. And we probably only announced it maybe like three weeks before we got that's there. That's short notice. Bro, we ended up having 42 guys show up, which was dope. Like, it doesn't sound like a lot, but in London, yeah. like, that's dope. And a lot of these guys, we had guys coming from Luxembourg. You had guys coming from Belgium, flew in to London. Just oh, there were, like, so these weren't even, like, your regulars. Like, these are guys who were just following you from, like, seeing yeah. what you've been doing. Seeing came, and then we had a couple guys that uh, lived, were American that lived in London now, guys that were in grad school there. And it's like, oh, like, yo. I'm still in a foreign country. I knew y'all was coming. I just want to be around us, right? <laughs> I, just, I want that community. Yeah, I yeah. want that connectivity. But when I did that, I'm like, yo, like, if we can do this in London in three weeks to get 40 people to show up, we hosted it at the Africa Center in London. We reached out to them on DM. They were like, we love to have you. And that was dope. And I was like, if we can do that, we can be more impactful rather than just announcing. I was like, Dre, we need it. Like, Dre, we should do a tour. Because if you do a tour, it gives guys time to plan it out. Okay. I, I ain't gonna make it to Chicago, but I make it to Detroit. I ain't gonna make it to Detroit, but I can make it to Philly, yeah. right? So rather than, and they know it. So if they're gonna come, they can do that. Also, it gives them a chance to know ahead of time. So that's why we ended up doing the tour. And we were gonna do the tour last year, but obviously COVID yeah. threw a wrench in that. But it, we ended up doing the three towards the end of the year. And then here we are today. We just, obviously Chicago, which is, that was city four. We got six more to go. So 10 cities. So it's, um, you guys do one, one a month, right? One a month, yeah. Is, is this going to, so it will bring you right up to the um, December? You're right in December. Where's uh, the last one? Uh, so the next, we got, next month is July 24th. We got LA. Detroit is in August. Uh, Philly's in September. Uh, Seattle's October. Paris is November. And then Miami. How do you, December. do you, do you guys still have a nine to five? 
Yeah. How do you guys manage this? Like, this is, seems like man, <laughs> this seems like a full time job itself. It is, bro. I be working like 60, 70 hours a week. But one of the things I shout out Trail Thomas, Black Excellence Brunch. One of the things he said is, "Are you prepared for what you pray for?" Ooh, right. And it's like end of the day, you're dropping a lot of Facebook quotes right now. Right. <laughs> and end of the day, it's like everybody wants you always pray. Like, I want to have a successful business. I want to have a successful side hustle. I want to be able to do this. I want to be able to do that. But so if you were presented with that opportunity is going well, I, I'd be doing a disservice to myself to be like, I'm not going to put in the effort and not put in the time to do this. Right. Even with y'all, with y'all podcasts, right? Y'all could have just came and been like, you know what? I'm going to just go to Chicago, do the flash mob. Y'all didn't. Yeah. Like we got a, a chance to be here. Let's do this. Two birds, one stone, yeah. bro. Two, two, two birds, one stone. Y'all put y'all chose to do that because y'all putting in this work. The only way this podcast is going to grow it's for y'all to put in that work. Right, right, right. And it's dope. And I commend y'all for doing that because a lot of people wouldn't have done that. Right? They would have been like, you know what? We're just going to do it next time we got to get naked. Y'all come out. Y'all reached out to the, the hotel. Dope set up. Like, that's what y'all supposed to do. Like, y'all got... Yo, and, you, we, and we networked at, at the event yesterday. We got, you know, some people like, yo, check us out. Right. We're in the group chat. Like, And, and this, that's how it's supposed to be. So, like, y'all got to owe it to yourselves which y'all have in y'all jobs to put in this work. And then that, like, if y'all got people traction, y'all got the ability to do it, you got to put in the effort to be able to do it. I'm a little bit, situ this situation a little bit different because it's like, I'm single with no kids. Yeah. So I also have the time now. So it's like, if I'm literally like not doing it, I'm literally just choosing, I'm going to just lay on the couch and watch TV. <laughs> there's nothing, yeah. there's nothing, nothing, stopping you me from, yeah. nothing stopping me from doing it. Right. right? So it's like, if I'm going to go to the city, going to go. You know, if, like, you know, we have jobs and unfortunately, except my agency, shout out Weber Shamek, they rock with us. Like they're really supportive. Like, they're really supportive of it. Like I, I got an <clears throat> email from one of my SVPs yesterday saying like, yo, saw the flash mob on the news. Just want to say congrats. Like that, that's like that. And that's cool. Yeah, they just know, to hear that. They're like, they're cool. Dre's job, same thing. Like they yeah. rock with it. Like no pun intended. Shout out Mark Mitchell. Like they big fans of it. Cause they, and they, we're not just doing this just to make money. They see the impact that we have in doing this. How are you going to suppress that? I mean, right. yo, you guys got uh, was it Beyonce's mom retweeting you? Yeah, Beyonce's <laughs> mom. Y'all reaching the top, bro. Tina, uh, Taraji P. Henson last week. Shout out Queen T to Queen Taraji. Uh, we've got a lot of people that, and even our podcast, we've had some good guests at our podcast too. And it's because they see the mission, they see the narrative, and it's genuine. Like a lot of times people even see it outside of that and it's like, oh, y'all just in suits. But then when you actually come and you actually converse with us, it's like, oh, no, you actually are doing more. Or she was saying earlier in the community, we're actually doing trying to make impact. And I have to be able to time, even if it is just the suits. Okay, what's wrong with making a black man smile for an hour and a half? <laughs> with all we go through, like yeah. honestly, we'll talk. But all like you, we talking about earlier with Philando right. Castile, you can literally you would you in danger of being shot, not by the police, but anybody every day you leave your house. So even if it is just I feel making a black man smile because he feels that he looks good for an hour and a half, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Even if you Absolutely. just look at it from that aspect, that's cool. Any any excuse for me to dress up is like I'm I'm there, right. and that's like, yo, because I um forgot the point I was trying to get at. But actually, I, I wanted to ask you a question for the the little boy that's just like thinking about making a career for himself, and he just wants to become successful. What would you say that? What is some advice that you would give him? Because we we see a lot of advertisement. It's usually athletes, right? Mm -hmm. They want to become an athlete. They want to become like you know a rapper or something like that but obviously you're making an influence in um you said something about coding right like right. You, you talk about coding like 
because a lot that's not advertised right. right what is an advice for a little boy that's just like trying to do something in his life that you think some advice that you could give him i would say obviously this is relative because not everybody has the same level of access to like internet especially you know some of the yeah. underserved yeah. communities they don't have internet access things of that nature but honestly but like you still have libraries read like a lot of times people like, read get, okay people get lost on like mentorships there's a lot of people that have really valuable mentors just in books right? okay like you can get value you can get valuable advice just reading by uh autobiographies reading stories reading doing research on people and that person can be an inspiration right like you can study how that person moves like in the, the day like to so your like where you want to learn how to go read steve jobs autobiography right you can go to the library and pick that up it's a it's 600 pages but you pick that it's going to be some gems in there yeah. right you want to be fashion fashion designer read shoe dog by phil knight and understanding his jersey by how he started nike right you don't got you might not ever meet phil knight but you can read that book and read pages there's over and over. How about audiobooks? Okay, that's all right. Okay. I, for me, I say read for how I do it. Sti- it it you're, sticks you're more. more. It sticks more when you read. Yeah, when you read. I, I, I'm going to do I'll take highlighters. Okay. So what I do, okay. I, read, I take highlighters. So if I'm like, oh, that's a gem. So then that way, you can flip back to it later on. Like you might put a book down, you finish it, go back six months from now. And what I like about it, you flip through it. Oh, page 36. Oh, that was a gem. Page yeah. 105. Oh, that was a gem. Audiobooks too. I think the autobiography, <clears throat> the autobiography of Malcolm X. And the, Narrated by Lawrence Fishburne, phenomenal audio book. Phenomenal. That's another one. Like you hear his story, even like you hear everything from him being Detroit Red, right? To him being the pimp and the hustler when he was living in Boston, right? Right. His journey by him getting sick, converting, becoming a Muslim, how, how he's been in the community. Even the fallout he started having with Elijah Muhammad, right? You, navig- you navigating that. How to even deal with it. Yo, I was working with somebody like Elijah Muhammad business partner now we're not even on the same level even those kind of things like it's less about okay me and the leadership just hearing how he navigated that relationship when they started to split that's the gym in terms of how you nick we navigate right in terms of how i interact with you how i interact with you if dre and i have obviously knock on wood we don't have it but him and i we have disagreements and discernments yeah. all the time right we, we I, get we get that we understand that fully right so it's like but i gotta have conversation i you i refer those kind of things like how did he navigate the situation sure. He could never be, a, he's literally dead, but he could still be a mentor to me in ways. So I say reading, audio books, things that I was just doing research and discovery, you only know what you're exposed to, but you also got to put yourself in a situation to be exposed. That being said, I'm saying it's relative because not everybody has access to everything, but if you can, you can do those things. That's a, that's a great point because, you know, growing up, you know, I see a lot of people that, like I said, like they just want to be rappers, but there's so many other avenues. You could become a doctor. You could become an engineer, a structural. I'm personally a structural engineer. Sure. And there's like things put in place to make you successful. And it's a lot of people don't know about this, that there's like a, a program called a DBE, right? Right. Where you could like the government literally gives you money just to uh, start your business and become like a successful uh, black owned business. And it's specifically for minorities. And I feel like I've, I've you said you said breeding is one avenue, but uh, being exposed like I feel like the the government should be doing a little bit more. Like the the school system, some of the school system is a little broken, right. and obviously reading about different um career avenues will make a difference in that little well, I think little boy. It's also like on a personal level too. Like I feel like the government and school systems have some level of responsibility, but I feel like but you we know, also you kinda, have self responsibility yeah, as well. Self responsibility, and if you really want to, you know, learn more about something, if it whether it be 
barbering or partnerships or engineering, like whatever the case is, you know, you have to take it upon yourself to really do that. Put in a time, invest the time within yourself. But if you're not exposed to it, like sometimes you just need that exposure like that. Oh, shoot. I could do this because right. you just see it. But, right. So, go ahead. But I think what I think you're disappointed is because you're um, waiting for someone else to do it. Right. You're get, you're giving like the government too much like responsibility. And I feel like to tie it in with you guys, like you guys are doing it. Like you're not waiting for That's nobody. Point, to, yeah. You're not waiting for the government or the school system to be like, oh, this is how, you know, if you dress like this, if you network like this, right? Like you guys are actively doing it. But you also said that you were exposed to something. Like something had to trigger for you to, well, like, I'm going to go, I'm going to take this. Right, but this to your road. point, the reason they, that you don't see that in the textbook is because they don't want us to know how great we are. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Like, they don't want us to know how great we are. Like, that's, like even in... Like, go, going back to, like, to the Black Wall Street, like, they destroyed it. Right. Like, literally the government, but go ahead. No, like, they, it's like, uh, there's a great, uh, I think the comedy troupe, they're called uh, <laughs> Astronomy Club. Astronomy, okay. Yeah, and they have a YouTube series. They have this great YouTube skit. They have all these black inventors in this room, right? Okay. And it's George Washington Carver in there. And George Washington Carver is in there just killing himself. Mm -hmm. like, I'm George Washington Carver. <laughs> right. but if, and not to hate on George Washington Carver, but if you think about all he ever did was really make like peanut peanuts. <laughs> like, where you had like people forget the back, the traffic, the stoplight that you see in every yeah, street, yeah. that's invented by a black person. The air conditioner was invented by a black person. The guy that actually made the electrical wick for Thomas Edison, that was a black person. The air conditioner. There, 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 there's so much stuff like, that's... Yo, even like, was it um Jack Daniels? Is it whiskey? Yeah, Uncle like, Nearest. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah Uncle, the original recipe for Jack Daniels, was Nearest from, Green. From that was founded yeah. by a black person. Yeah. So those kind of, But all you hear about is George Washington Carver, right? Not to hate on him because you need him too, but they do that because it's like, all you he can do the is peanut, peanut game. Right? <laughs> like, all you can do is peanuts. Right. That's what, they don't want you to know that you can be more than that, right? So like even... We, there's a guy here in Chicago... John Rogers. John Rogers owns Aerial Investments, the largest black-owned financial investment firm in the world. Nobody even knows about it. His, guess, his business partner, Melody Hobson, guess who she's married to? Who? George Lucas. Oh. Right. The director? Yeah. Yes. A black, George Lucas is married to a black woman who, yeah. runs a fin, who runs the biggest black financial services firm in the oh, world. You just blew my mind. Man. Don't know <laughs> like, This is not even... Yeah. It's they like gotta, the, put the this CEO of Lowe's. Lowe's is a black, right? Yeah, yeah. Don't nobody, don't nobody know that. Um, so like those are the kind of things you're not gonna they don't they don't want you they're not putting them in the textbooks you're not hearing about that because you don't want it who, wait who, who's they who's they though who is it no so it is the government because you look about it if, if you want to take it all the way back to slavery right the reason they didn't want slaves to read and write is because even if you read the story of Moby Dick if you read the story of Moby Dick if you were a slave you're like an ocean y'all traveling on a, right. a boat that means it's things outside of this plantation. I'm going to leave. Mm -hmm. Even if you're not leaving to run away forever, you just want to explore to see what else is outside of here. That's why they didn't want them to read and write, because then you could think outside of here that there's a bigger world than this planet. Yeah, they like if, yo, goes, if you don't know yeah. that, if you don't know if there's anything outside your bubble, you can't. Yo, because you, you can't. No, you can't imagine it. You can't, it. You like, can't you imagine it because you don't know it exists. But if you yeah. read Moby Dick, even if it's yeah. fictional, it's a whale in the ocean. You're thinking, what is an ocean? How do I go find an ocean? Even if that's all you know, you will walk to try to discover what this ocean looks like. Yeah. And if you walk in, you're going to discover new things outside of this plantation, right? But if you own this plantation and you don't have any imagination or any exposure to anything else in this world, literally does not exist outside the plantation, you're not even going to leave because you don't even know the cap. 
like you can't even fathom leaving because you don't know that anything else exists. Right. Because you don't like, think there's any more than the, which, like the current life you live in. At all. Yo, and um, actually, I just remember the question I wanted to ask you was, how did you guys first feel like when you first did your event? Yo, honestly, because when I showed up yesterday, this is this is our first Black Men's Wear event. I was I was almost intimidated. Like I actually like, it, yo, it's like <laughs> almost kind of overwhelming seeing like so many well dressed people. It's like so powerful. How was like your um like like first feeling when you first got into it? Honestly, man, it's y'all. Like it ain't like the feeling is like that we can pull up and all everybody else come. Like um in Atlanta, Dre told me that there was a guy that came up to him in Atlanta and said it was I, I said, "Hey man, I mean honestly, I was thinking about dropping out of college, but for being here, I'm good." And it was just off of that because the energy that he felt and like seeing other people that are on the same journey in the path, that's all that he needed right. as affirmation to like, don't give up. That's what it's about. Like, that's when you say how, how I feel, like, that's how I feel. Okay. I don't really care about the photo. I know the photos is going to turn out great, mm-hmm. but that's how I feel. If I can say, if I can impact somebody to do that, that's great. To, if, to your point of view, if it's a kid that sees that and it's like, I want to do that, or it's like, looks up those people and like, oh, this guy's a doctor. I want to be that. This dude's a, a person. With that. That's all it's about. I don't care if I make a dime. Obviously, we do make some money off of yeah, it, yeah. but that's what it's about, right? So, so it's, it's beyond you. It's right. more about the, the community. Yeah, as well. 100%. Yeah. Where yeah, do you guys sure. see this? Or like, what are your future goals with this? Like, what's your next move? Man, that's funny you said it. <clears throat> we're kind of building this car as we're driving it. Uh, <laughs> but honestly, like, we really want to be one of the premier like black black male content platform with okay our, with our youtube series we're coming out we got a series with a samaye coming out talking about like wine like samaye because if you think about it in terms of content like people don't care about black men bro they yeah don't, no. they don't so it's like you think about all the content platforms you got for black women you got essence ebony madame noir rio blavity all, all that's female focus there's not a content platform that speaks to black men right GQ for men in general does to, to GQ's credit, they actually are kind of diverse. Like they had Zendaya and Megan Thee Stallion on covers this past year. They but are women. very represented, but they're women. Right. But at the same time, it's like there's not a platform right now. Like if you wanted to be like, yo, I want to learn, it's a single place content Like you have like an Essence or an Ebony to where you could go to find all the continuous articles, you can't find it. So like that's hopefully that's what we're trying to build for. Like what can we do to build this uh, continuum of black? content to help elevate everybody so it's and it's partnering with people like fatherly or the dad gang that's focused on black dad content right partnering with them so we can extend the message like you know not about highlighting black men but like nobody knows how to be a dad you figuring it out like you know what i'm saying like you can get all the advice in the world but you just everybody's real blueprint there's no blueprint everybody's (laughs) child is different (laughs) right so like you're the relate then because the kids that you're even leading they have different personalities so you can't do everything that somebody else would with your child because your child is not their child. So like, but you still want advice and tips or things like that nature. Uh, the Black Wealth Renaissance, which is a podcast that focuses on like financial literacy, partnering with those guys, I get those things. And it's not it's like, you know, how to balance a checkbook. You know what I'm saying? How you should, uh, you know, have a, uh, you know, how to, have, what our IRA is, things of that nature. How to open your 401k. Dre does life insurance. A lot of people don't realize life insurance policy with that. You only have to get it when you dead. Like, no, you can get a life insurance policy that actually pays for your college tuition, right? Because of the, people don't even realize that it's evolved. Like, even sharing that information, that's what we're trying to get to. It's just being a central place content platform 
we have menswear in the name because that's what we started at but that's just not solely what we are solely on the style in the fashion. so you guys are trying to attack all avenues then. Yeah, like, financial literacy that's a big one right there yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a big one for us no because you got to because the same thing like, you don't know what you're exposed to yeah. right a lot of times even then it's like in terms of how many people do you know uh even you know they always say like it's black people that got more money underneath their matches than they do in the bank yeah, right? yeah. They just, they're just afraid <laughs> of investing. the bank right yeah and that's a that's a great point because financial literacy is very dear to me because a lot of people put their money in the bank they don't know about a 401k or an ira or an sha or what all of the different acronyms right and they don't understand like yo putting your money in the bank you're actually losing money because through inflation right right 100 percent. where if you put it in some say some sort of um high yield savings account right or and a four hundred one k, right, or uh, just the traditional IRA, right. you could gain like you're gaining more than you're losing over time. We're just keeping cash like that. That's that's like a terrible idea. Hundred percent. Hundred. What if your house burns down? You know? <laughs> what happened then? Hundred percent. And even now, like even just like it, the advantage, what how Robinhood is, which made it so much easier now for people. That to changed the game up. Right? Yeah, that changed the because game because it's like to that point, like even it's like for you to be able to do small wins, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You could easily like even just doing basic things like basic investments even like okay you, you can get people that can easily make ten twelve thousand dollars like i was so mad one of my homies like yo this is february last year get on zoom and zoom was like 38 dollars and i was like bruh all right dude by may that shit was like four hundred dollars and it's like you know what i'm saying <laughs> like imagine how many people 38 dollars any like not to say anybody but you could have. You could have made. Yo, you even, have, even with one share, yo, you would have done like all right. Like correct. imagine you put a thousand dollars. You could in make thirty thousand dollars a year. Decent money. Like you know what? I'm a thirty-eight bucks. I'm gonna buy two hundred dollars. Five right. six five six shares of this, and then by May four hundred dollars, you done made a thousand bucks. Right? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Now you got that thousand bucks, and you can spend that and reinvest that. Now I'm gonna buy more. Right? Yeah. So like, the, you don't need a lot of money to do to do investing but you always think we always have been told to be an investment to make much money you got to have money yeah. you really don't need that much money to do it you just got to do it right and then once you do it you can just reinvest on top of it as you continue to be successful with it i That's mean i think you know yeah. like me personally um i was scared to invest for a long time myself yeah you just don't you know it's you're always scared of things you don't understand right and right. then like a lot of people or me myself right sometimes i can be real lazy when it comes to learning something new but when i first like when i finally did i was like oh man like i've, I've been missing out like this is like investing is actually a lot easier than a lot of people think. Let me ask you that. Why would you say you're lazy when it comes to learning something new? I think um, that's a great question. It could be a couple of things. Yo. It could be just um, a fear of failing. Like if, like if you try to learn something and you don't get it, it's like, you, you know, you just don't feel good. That's what it is for me. Yeah. Fear of failing. Yeah. I, I look at failing as an avenue to learning. You know, when you the more you fail, the more you know how not to do something. Right. So uh, the thing, I don't really believe in failure because you yeah, don't, right. you, you only fail when you stop. Okay. Yeah. That's a good right? point. So it's like, to your point of like not being able to learn it, like you, the reason you fail is because you chose to stop. Yeah. Right. You were engineer, right? Right. Textual engineer, like that, you have to learn how to sketch and whatever, whatever system you're right. doing, like you might mess up on a building, right? Bridges, like, bridges. Right, bridges. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if I mess up on a bridge. Yeah. But, but you can, but you can. <laughs> we're, we're all fucked. Yeah. But you keep progressing, though, right? right when right, you right. say, when, when you make that decision, Evan, I'm closing this book. Evan, I'm closing this browser window. I'm closing my laptop, right? I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm done. That's when it's a failure. 
Yo, but that, if, but that could t- be addicting, yo. But, but it, it is, but that's why it goes back to earlier. How you pivot is how you prosper. Ooh. Right? Yeah. Because when you, because along the journey, you're going to have different wives. Like, even this podcast, right? You're going to start moving now, and y'all, I'm sure y'all have a direction for it, but it could be two months from now, somebody reaches out to you. iHeartMedia is like, yo, we want you to do this show, but we need you to restructure it entirely. Are y'all going to be like, I don't really want to do that? Or are you going to pivot and be like, I didn't think about it that way, but this is the way we can take this to the next level, right? Absolutely. That's, like, that's, like, that's pivoting. Or even now, like, or even like, you know what? We not got, we can't do a couple episodes, right? Whatever, finance, financially, you can't do a couple episodes. You can't, might not be able to record those episodes, but you can still meet as a team and be like, you know what? Let's rewatch all the old episodes. How are we going to make this better, right? So you're not failing because you're not producing it. You're just taking the time to go in a different direction. Time to grow. Yeah, you're so right. that's why I say in terms of like, going back to your point, like learning that fear of failure it's like you're putting that on yourself. Like you got to expand it. That goes, you were excellent. So and you learn every day. Like you just learned about how Chicago was great. Being yeah. here exposes yourself to different ways, different cultures, different things, different Absolutely. ways of life. That's learning in itself. So you just got to, um, and not to try, I'm not trying to be no, no, negative or kind of sending to you in any way. I'm just saying like just framing it up in terms of how you approach things, your thought process. It's like you have control over that. I'm a big believer that happiness and then because happiness is a choice, because like obviously anxiety and mental health and depression are real. I'm not trying to negate anybody's. Right. Like, I, I know what yeah. you're like. But, most most days you can wait. Like if you're a mentally healthy person, most days you can kind of choose what kind of day you're gonna have. One of the things I did, I did for 90 days. I rated my day every day for a scale of one. You rated your days every day. What's the yeah. average rating? 8.4. That's a you have some great days, but, yo. But reason you do those because if you have back to back days that are sixes. Now you got to look at yourself like, why did I have two days in a row that's the six? Because yeah. you don't want to keep having those, right? So now, like, is it, is it, am I going to work? I got, I got to take another mm-hmm. assessment. All right, and is it uh, me and my girls going through it? Like, sure. okay, if it's, I'm really mad at Now, like, let me have a conversation with her. We're like, what are we really going through? Because I, you got back-to-back days. A six is not a good day. No. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So if you got that average six has happened, but if you get two days in a row, you don't need to have a third day that's six, <laughs> right? There's, there's no reason that third day should be a six. So now that puts yourself to be like, what is really going on here to why these days are six? Also, are they really sixes? What happens to your brother uh, waking up every day? What happens? You get out the shower, you stub your toe. Damn. That's a you know minus two right there. Yeah. So now you already got bad energy. Right? Right, right. Then you go to Dunkin' Donuts, you split a coffee on your shirt. Damn. Now you got two bad things that happen to you. Now our people let that let that affect the rest of their day. Mm-hmm. So the first email you get, Karen emails you, you clapping back at Karen, not really because Karen did anything, because you already yeah, frustrated because you stubbed yeah. your toe and you spilled coffee in your shirt. Right. So now you now you don't create a negative energy. You could also be like, you know what? Damn, this shit just happened. I'm gonna move forward with it. So that's why I said like that's something I learned in, um in my later years. Now it's like yo, sometimes I have to pause my day to kind of restructure it. Ooh, that's a yo, because I'll have like I will have moments like that where I'm like. I'll have a bad moment. And then I, I actually sense myself like going into that state of mind where it's just like you start feeling real negative and I'm like, all right, let me let me just take a breath real quick. I, yo, I think meditating helps with me a lot. I literally close my eyes, take some breaths. I'm like, you know what? I'm having a bad moment. I'm not having a bad day. Right. Yeah, because if I'm, you take that, if you don't take the time to really pause it right there, it becomes a trickle effect. And that, Coffee that's that toe turns into the coffee, turns into you clap it back at Karen, turns yeah. into right. you doing something else, and then it's gonna keep going there. Right. You getting in an argument with your girl at the end of the day when you come home and it's just gonna be you going to bed upset. You started the day bad, you ended the day bad. Right. And and now you done had a bad day. Honestly, 
really for no reason because <laughs> right. nothing bad really nothing happened to you happened. nothing really bad happened <laughs> right, right. to you but you had a quote and i had a bad day what happened and then you'd read it like bro yo like, in the grand, yo, really have a bad in the grand scheme most of your day even your bad day yo, unless you get into like a car like right. some really things bad, do right? happen. Like, like, bad yeah. things like, do happen but in the grand scheme of things yeah. most days are the bad days really yeah, aren't bad that. like nothing really yeah. major like, unless you get fired from your job right. you lose a loved one you get into a car accident most days are aren't pretty really good. that are pretty bad. good they're, they're, like yeah like you're you can choose to determine was this a bad day i mean it might not have been great but it's just a day yeah, right yeah, yeah. what uh what would you uh, say your average in the last two days have been my my mine's like a 9.8 right now my last two days have been 9.8 <laughs> what about you i would say like an eight Eight? Uh, on average, yeah, because I just go to work, come home, and then I'm I do the, the last two days here. Oh, last two days? Oh, it's been on like a ten for me. I've been <laughs> yeah, thinking, of, yo, this was my dream city as a kid. Really? So why yeah, I, yeah, what's that? The buildings. Yeah, I, uh, you were an engineer. That's yeah, I'm an engineer, so like the the drawbridges. You know, I mean, all of that just intrigues me, and just that's one of the reasons I decided to become a structural engineer was to design uh buildings. I went into the avenue of bridges, mm -hmm. but. This was like a 10 for me. What about uh, you, man? How have your last two days been? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I know, did you see when the bridge came up yesterday? Um, was, you, was you there when that happened? No, I didn't. I, must, like, uh, I missed like, it. You know, right there by the Michigan Ave, so they, they had a boat coming, so they had to lift the bridge up. Oh, I, mean, yeah. I was like, that would have been... We were probably at the yeah. park at that time. <laughs> uh, that's, that's probably something you would have been Oh uh, yeah, I would have. Uh, last two days for me, mm. I would say like solid 10s. Yeah. 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 Last two days, yeah. yeah, I don't think there's anything I would have changed over the past couple days. Yeah, I yeah. loved it. I mean, I, 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 I said 9.8 because I just, I, I I bought a scratch off. I didn't win it. That would have sealed the time. I actually, scratched, I actually scratched something off the, my bucket list because I would, always wanted to go to the Willis Tower. Yeah. And that was at Sears, one point. Sears. Sears, Sears right? That's the, Sears. No, it, Sears it was called, wait, it was called the Sears Tower back in the day. Now yeah. it's the Willis Tower, yeah, right? If you live here, you say. Oh, uh, Sears? Nobody, uh, I'll go back to this. They're not claiming it. They're not claiming this Willis Tower. All right, yo, the Sears Tower. And. There's an observatory up there, and I always wanted to you go. Did it? Yeah, we, yeah, we did it. Yeah, did pictures. Yeah. So that was off the bucket list right there. People are crazy. People be forgetting. Like that's like Chicago. People forget. I think it's what the, I think that's still the third tallest building in the world. There's the one obviously I'm, in the in the southern hemisphere. I yeah, think yeah. Yeah, Dubai. There's the one in yeah, Dubai. Yeah, the one in Dubai. Yep. And I think it's Malaysia. But that building was the tallest. The CSI was the tallest building in the world for like eighty years. It yeah. was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. like eighty years, and people forget that. Yeah. And it's like I'll, I'll never forget. Yeah, but like those <laughs> are the kind of things like even when you just think about like Chicago, it's like you keep reminding me it's the tallest building in the Ma state. Matter of fact, Chicago was the birth of the skyscraper. Yep. It was the first skyscraper was That's here. because uh we had the city burned down. So the reason Chicago's so structured very even when it's roads is because um there's the thing where have the Great Chicago Fire. They say what yeah. happened is Mrs. O'Leary's cow knocked over the lantern <laughs> and they caught on fire and literally the entire city got burned down. So when they did that, that gave the city the engineers and the planners the chance to re redesign Re the city and restructure it as it could be right okay so that's why you were able to from that they had they could outline everything and maybe to build the skyscrapers moving forward sounds like a conspiracy theory most of it. Like, <laughs> i mean they a cow knocked over a lantern that's, <laughs> that's what, what they, they say, say. Yeah, that's what they say. <laughs> and the wind started blowing and yeah, that's, spread. that's what they say i just want to wrap this up but um i just want to say yo thank you for coming on man thank you for speaking to us and uh before we leave anything you want to shout out yeah uh obviously follow black men's we're at black men's we're on instagram uh follow us on tiktok we got facebook uh check check in with us youtube as well at black men's where uh we do have our own suit line beam and co suits uh shout out jacob clayton uh he's our tailor uh we are as i mentioned earlier we're in the middle of a tour so if you in la detroit seattle philly uh paris miami come rock with us 
would love to have each yo, of you guys def- there. Definitely worth it. If, if you're wondering, uh, like, yo, definitely come through. Like, I'll say absolutely. that on a personal note, um, I like to say this with everybody. So, um, what's the first thing you ask somebody when you call? When I, what I, what? When you call somebody. When you call? How the are fir- you? The first thing doing? I say? Yeah. How are, how are you? you? Like, hey, how's how's it going? It's right. Manu. Right. Yeah. <laughs> how's it going? How are you? Right. Yeah. Three words. Right. What's the real question? Whatever. I'm the topic that I'm trying to get to. Honestly, I like to say, "Are you happy? Are you okay. happy?" Yeah. So I like to say, like, next That's... time you have like a friend, a loved one, I, rather than saying, "How's it going? How you doing?" Ask them, "Are you happy?" Right? Yeah, but somebody could take that the wrong way and be like, "What do you mean? How am I happy? Do I look unhappy?" It's just like yeah. telling somebody. Oh, you don't. You look like shit today. Like, <laughs> you look tired. No, it's like, oh. and that's okay because the reason you the reason you ask that question is you make it okay for them to say no, mm. right? So the reason I say uh, make it okay for them to say no because if you call somebody and you say how's it going, how you doing? You be like, man, I'm cool. I'm straight. Yeah, right. And knowing, knowing damn well they're not. Knowing, they're knowing not damn well they're not. Right? Most people, yeah, most people don't think you care. They don't exactly. So if you ask somebody, are you happy? They might be caught on call guard. But the originally it shows that you care. Yeah. Okay. Like and it's like you know, and it makes it okay for and you don't gotta be there to help them. It makes it okay for them to say no. And if they say no, you just listen. You know how you can change somebody's life just by listening, right? Because yeah. you call you, you to your girl, right? You could call him like, "How's it going?" Oh man, I'm straight. But you be like, "Oh yeah," be like, "Bro, you know what? Me and my girl been going through it, right?" Because oftentimes, especially it's like black men, we don't have those outlets. You don't have those places to be able to have somebody let out and right. talk. Because all we talk about is women sports. Yeah. You know, clothes and movies and stuff all the time. We just asking somebody. A lot of times we just going through stuff and you don't have that safe space. So even just asking somebody and even giving them think about it, like, you know what? I am. I am happy. That's also a good thing. Even as black men, it's kind of frowned upon too. So right. To be emotional and to right. have that outlet. Yeah. Right. So that's the one thing I would like to leave with people. Just ask somebody next time people that you care about. That's really Loved ones, friends, somebody that's next I'm time. Gonna, I'm going to do that. Just ask them, like, you know what? Are you happy? Yeah. And then, like, and if they say no, cool. And if they say, you know what? I am. That's great. And you want to hear that. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And even having them think about it themselves, that's dope. So that's what I would leave with. Yo, I think I, I really appreciate that, man. That's the yeah, really good uh, perspective to give. And uh, before we wrap this up, I just want to give a big shout out to um, 3K Generations for actually putting us together. The flyest suits out there. <laughs> and um, as always, please like, subscribe, share, comment, um, keep tuning in, and make sure y'all make it to one of their events, man. Can I tell you, it's life changing, so powerful, and just a good move for the culture.